Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello there, friends. Thanks for joining us again for today's episode of Everyday Truth. Uh, my last day in Australia to be able to do this, and so uh, appreciate you spending some time with me down under. We are in Revelation chapter number six, and I am in verse number nine today. Well, I, I feel I want to almost apologize. I, I, I never apologize for giving the word of God, but uh, I tell you, these last few episodes, you talk about the coming judgment of God. You talk about the reality of what's going to take place on planet Earth uh, during the seven-year, what we call the tribulation period. Uh, it is not for the faint of heart. And why? Why does God tell us these really, really difficult things to hear? It's so that we can make decisions today to potentially avoid this future tomorrow. I might be talking right now to someone who does not know Jesus Christ as personal Savior. Maybe just these lessons about the reality of the future will cause you to say, boy, that's the last thing I want to experience. Well, listen, there's something far worse than this. It's called an eternity in the lake of fire. And as much as I don't like to share news like that, these are realities. Uh, in the Word of God. And the other reality is God loves you. And God sent His Son to die for you. And Jesus took your place upon the cross. He paid sin's penalty. He offers you salvation. His death and burial and resurrection have assured the victory. And He offers you today a relationship with Him, peace with God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, there's no need for anybody who's listening to this podcast ever to have to experience the things about which we've been speaking. These are not intended for you. <clears throat> and so uh, that would be one takeaway. Another takeaway, I think, would be, hey, <clears throat> excuse me, there are people all about us that do not know the gospel. There are people all about us, some of whom will experience the very things about which we have spoken. Can we have a, a greater understanding of our future because the Lord's telling us about it? Can we have a greater burden for those that are about us because of the realities that God is making clear to us in this passage? I think the answer ought to be yes, yes, and yes, that this ought to incentivize us to have a greater gospel focus uh, to those all about us. That said, look at uh, Revelation chapter 6 and verse 9. Uh, the Bible says, <clears throat> And when he had opened the fifth seal, so we've covered four of the six that we're going to cover in this chapter. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God. So John is in heaven, and Again, some of this is metaphoric, but the, the point is that, that John is interacting now with those that have been slain for their testimony. 
So he saw the souls of them that were slain for the word of God, for the testimony which they held. So the tribulation period, there will be some people in the tribulation period that will be believers. Uh, not any that will be left over after the rapture because they will have been raptured out, but there will be people that get saved during the tribulation period of time. You say, how? Well, we'll talk about that next chapter. Uh, we'll talk about how that happens and, and many that will be martyred. And there have been many that have been martyred uh, over the years. As we look over even the last 2,000 years of Christian history, uh, we have famous stories about people that have stood for Christ and have paid the ultimate price. Even today, uh, people around the world in uh, some really hot spots, like some Middle Eastern countries, or even some Muslim-dominated areas of Africa where some of these extremist groups have held sway, like ISIS or Boko Haram uh, or uh, Al-Qaeda or whatever, that people that have been slain. We've even seen haunting images of people about to be beheaded. And so that's happening today, and it's happened throughout history. We think about the people like a Tyndale or Latimer, Ridley, or these people listed in Fox's Book of Martyrs uh, that have paid the ultimate price uh, for their faith. Even people like John the Baptist or uh, the Apostle Paul or the famous Christian martyr Antipas or others, uh, Polycarp, that have, that have, been, uh, have been killed for their faith, martyrs. And the Bible says that John sees uh, below the altar the souls of them that have been martyred for their testimony for Christ. Now, what does that mean? He sees the souls of them below the altar. Well, in, in Old, the Old Testament sacrificial system, when the priest would offer uh, the, the animal upon the altar, uh, remember some of that blood would be sprinkled. Uh, especially on the day of, of Yom Kippur, the, the Day of Atonement, the, the, the lamb's blood would be sprinkled upon the, the mercy seat. We know that imagery. But where would the bulk of the blood go with the offering of an animal? Well, the Bible tells us that that blood would be poured at the base of the altar. So the fact that John is seeing the souls of these saints uh, at the altar He's not seeing their bodies, right? Because in that sense, if they have died in the tribulation time, then have, are they present with the Lord? I believe so, in, in, in soul form, in their somewhat Bible scholars would call their sukiel body. Uh, but their, their, their physical body is still on earth. They've, they've been slain, they've been killed. Now, unlike New Testament saints in Christ, whose bodies have been resurrected already, Remember, we which are alive and remain uh, shall not prevent them which are asleep. Uh, but the, 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 the dead in Christ shall rise first. That's already taken place among New Testament believers. But for these saints, uh, their souls are crying out. Uh, they've not received the fruition of salvation in the, in, in the, the glorification of a body. So there, there's a lot going on here. And, and watch what happens in verse number 10. They cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true? So they're pleading to the holy God, uh, the, the, the just God, the true God. How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Lord, this is not fair. 
even though the power has been granted by you, it's not fair that these people have been starved to death. To death. It's not fair that these people have been executed for their faith. It's not fair that uh, the, the devil seems to be holding sway and, and truth seems to be falling in the streets and all these bad things are happening to good people. It's not fair. We even say some of these things to the Lord today, don't we? Uh, this, this is kind of our prayer sometimes. Lord, it's not fair. Why don't you got to take care of this? I think I see a couple factors that really encourage me in this chapter. First of all, they're going to the right person, aren't they? And these, these saints, they, they are not looking at bad circumstances and impugning the character of God. They're not saying, God, this is your fault. What they're saying is, God, you are holy and you are true. And we need to keep that in mind as we look at the landscape of evil on this earth and realize, no, our God is holy and true and he's approachable. We can come to him as his people that have stood for his testimony. We have access, just as these do. And so, uh, how long? I think the other implication of the passage is timing belongs to the Lord. So this, this situation, as dark as it is, this situation that, that they're viewing and the things that have happened to them, as negative as it is, does not impugn the character of God. They, they understand God's holding and true. They're just saying, Lord, when, when? Because timing does not belong to us. Timing belongs to God. So how long until you set this right? And again, I think the other implication is they're not saying, Lord, are you going to? They're not questioning God, that God will ultimately vindicate. They're not questioning that, that there's not coming a future season when everything will be made right. They're not questioning any of that. They know that the judge of all the universe will do right. They know that God is holy and true. They know that God settles the score in his time. They're just questioning when. Well, we're anxious, we're eager about this. And I think that that is a good way for us to look at uh, the inexplicable evil of the world and look at things that happen is we have to frame them, right? We have to frame them next to the character of God. God knows what he's doing. And then we have to also frame them next to the eternality of God. You know, our time is not his time. And what seems like a delay to us is not a delay to God. And what seems like a long time for us is not a long time for God, right? So how long, how long he says here in verse number uh, 10, holy and trust, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? So God does not give them a definitive answer, but what he does for them is just so comforting. Look at verse number 11. And white robes were given unto every one of them. So a robe in the Bible was a sign of acceptance, a sign of relationship. Remember when the prodigal son came home, uh, the fatted calf was prepared, uh, give him the robe, Put him, give him the robe. Well, a robe was a sign of acceptance, uh, clothed. Remember, God clothed Adam and Eve, put the robe on them. And it's not just any old robe, it's a white robe, a robe of righteousness. So uh, it's almost like a, a, um, a validation. The Lord's like, shh, I got this. 
okay? And, and you, you are my precious ones, and you are, you are clothed in my righteousness, and you are accepted of me, and the day is coming. So the white robe was given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them. So here's how God answered their prayer. I love this. That they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Now, I'll be honest with you, my friends. That doesn't sound like a comforting thing to say. So it's like, Lord, how long? We know you're holy. We know you're true. We know you're going to get the job done. But Lord, we just, when's this going to happen? And the Lord says, shh, wear this robe. It's a robe of righteousness. It's my righteousness for you. Rest, because it's not over yet. And others are going to go through what you went through. And others will die. And more martyrs will, will, will come and join you. But I have it under control. It's almost like the Lord says, I, I understand your concern. I'm not going to answer your question. What I'm going to do is validate your relationship with me. I'm going to validate the righteousness you have in me. I'm going to reiterate that that season is coming. This is a season you can rest, not in the circumstance, because the circumstance is not going to get any better. You can rest in me and the fact that I can control the circumstance. You know, I think that's what the Lord says to you and me today. He says, you know, I know that you have question marks, but don't question my character. I know you have question marks, but I'm not gonna share with you my timing. What you can know for now is I accept you. What you can know for now is you have the greatest gift of all, my righteousness, which affords you the very opportunity to ask these questions to be in my throne room, to come boldly to that throne of grace. You have that. Bad times will still come. Things that will, will bother will still come. But this is a season. And this season, as all seasons, will pass. And listen, my friends, there's coming another season. And that's gonna be an eternal season. A season of no more death, sorrow, no more destruction, no more crying a season that you and I will enjoy with our God in robes of righteousness forever and forever and forever. Why? Because we have a God who's eternal and we have a God who's holy and true. I hope that helps. I know it helps me. Hope you have a great day today in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.